This is Impact Healthcare, people and strategies that are disrupting the health benefits industry. And now, here's your host, healthcare benefits industry expert and the originator of the transparent health benefits movement, Lester Morales. Hey, welcome, Impact Healthcare crowd. I have, uh, if you've lived under a rock, you might not know this person, but for anybody that is in our business and follows uh, social media at all, everybody knows Dutch. Dutch, say hello to the Impact Healthcare crowd and let us know about you, your business, and guys like you wake up with a different passion. What's your why? What fires you up? Dude, I'm so happy to be here today. I always love talking to you, Lester. You're a ball of energy. I think it's fantastic. Look, man, healthcare needs people that speak out and speak the truth, right? Uh, Some don't like it, you know, but I'm always like, I don't care about you. So I care about patients. I care about doctors and I care about employers and I care about employers' money. And so uh, what's my why? My why is pretty simple, man. I want to make healthcare affordable and accessible for the world, not just for Americans. And, um, you know, I think not growing up here, English is my second language. And I think people that come here are much more grateful for this country. I think we work harder. Uh, I think we speak English better. Like, I'm totally biased on the immigrant deal. Like, I think we do everything better only because we're actually thankful for being on American soil. So uh, I'm grateful that the man above gave me a chance to come to this country and I'm going to give back what I can. And now I'm going to live my life with purpose. And I want to surround myself with people that live that way. And I think the next impact uh, group and the crowd that I've gotten to know over the last five or six years is that way. And so, yeah, whatever I can do to support them and help out, I'm going to do. Awesome. Awesome. I, you know, I, I talk about, uh, I don't know if, you know, coming from Puerto Rico is an immigration, but I always talk about it because it is a, <laughs> it is a completely different, uh, and now yeah. that I live back in Puerto Rico, right, it is a completely different mindset, and, and what you see, what you observe is completely different. So if, if we talk about, um, you know, Sano, Everyone Health, you kind of got a couple of, a couple of different brands and, and companies, talk to us about what what all of them do? Like, what's the overarching strategy for for you and and, and what you do every day? Look, number one is we want to eliminate copays, deductibles, coinsurance, anything that's a hindrance or a barrier to care. We want to eliminate those out of an employer-sponsored health plan. The only reason we have different brands is because we have different markets. So we have a cash pay market, right? That's a different brand. We have a direct to employer. We have a direct to TPA. Uh, in 2022, we'll put the TPA company and the employer company together. So all of those people would be uh, supported under Everyone Health. Again, it's really just about eliminating any barriers to care. And so what that does for doctors is amazing because look, doctors hate insurance. They do. And so how do you get them off the carriers? The carriers today have 99.5% of the market share. Well, guess what happens if they lose 5% of the market share? They get, they, they're going to be in big trouble. So we need, over the next three to four years, to get 5% market share. That includes companies like mine, companies like Next Impact, companies that are doing alternative things for employer-sponsored healthcare. So that's what we're doing. 
I think it's going to go pretty quick. It's going to go pretty fast. And I think we're going to rock it. We got enough people on our side. So, so let, let, let's go down that. I, I want to eliminate co-pays deductibles. As you know, I come from a family that filed bankruptcy because of medical expenses. So I'm all for that. Someone probably heard that statement and said, what's the how behind that? So yeah, no, it's real simple. The how. It's really, really simple. When you eliminate the carrier out of the formula and you have direct access through a direct contract, with a physician, a facility owned by physicians, then what happens is the cost share can be eliminated. So generally speaking, generally speaking, there's a 20% cost share, right? 80-20. The employer sponsor plan pays for 80% of the nut and 20% is paid for by the employee as their contribution. Well, guess what? If the price goes from $100 on an insurance contract to $50, well, then you can eliminate co-pays, deductibles, and co-insurance. And we've like gone around the country since 2008 and slowly done it. I mean, now we're in 47 states serving in over 300 cities. You know, this didn't happen just like overnight. This has been a long time process. So, so the term you used is direct contract. And, and so some, and, and you define that as a relationship between a plan and yeah. the provider of the health care. Uh, somebody might hear that and wonder, well, wait a second, how are we little, you know, 50 life group, 150 life group, 5,000 life group. People hear these types of things and they typically think it's for the Amazons of the world and the big, big employers. Talk to us about how that works down at scale to the everyday employer out there. No, it's super simple. Like um, your group, most of the groups we support have an app. It simply pops up on your phone and you can say, I need an MRI. I need a CT. I need a doctor's appointment. And it'll actually tell you what's available in your area. And it'll say, this is part of the no copay, no deductible plan. I mean, it's really a simple process. What we're trying to do is make it look and feel just like it's always looked and felt so that you don't have to change anything. Changing something has been the most difficult and most arduous process in the last 10 years. Like, I don't want to change anything. So for um, the person on an employer-based health plan, it doesn't look any different. They can even whip out their card, right? And they can call directly into the office and, you know, a nurse care navigator is going to help them here in our office. So I think... For the existing people in the country, it doesn't look any different, whether they're on a uh, 50 life group self-funded plan or they're on a 5,000 life plan or they're on a 100,000 life plan. It doesn't matter to us, right? It's just a call, a patient, and we get to help them. So, so let, let's play an example. Out. I, I'm going to use myself. Uh, I tore my ACL, my MCL, my PCL, my left knee uh, when I was 30. Uh, my doc tells me to go have my surgery at a hospital in Tampa, Florida. Um, Aetna was my health insurance company. They have a big discount off of some unknown bill charge. Walk us through how that works in your world. And what's the benefit uh, along the continuum? What does the employee see? What's the employer see? Like, talk, Talk to us about the benefit. I love all these questions. Look, I think you have to really break these questions down 
by the way that the patient enters the system. So in your case, um, I, and I think HMA Advanta Group does a really good job with this. In your case, what would happen is at pre-authorization, someone would call you, say, uh, Mr. Morales, this is the opportunity provided to you by your employer. You can stick with, I think you said Aetna or Anthem. You can stick with them and you can do exactly what you need to do. We understand that you have a great relationship with your orthopedic surgeon. He's gone to mass with you for the last 20 years. That's great. But now here's the thing, Mr. Morales, if you, you have a $5,800 deductible, if you'd like to waive that and make it zero, then what you can do is you can go to one of these three surgeons, have a new patient appointment, submit your MRIs, and then we can move on from that stage. Here's the data on the surgeons and the data on the facilities. So that's one way. And really that's the most old fashioned way we do it. What we try to do today is through virtual primary care, direct primary care, on-site clinics, near-site clinics, or an old-fashioned card in your pocket, we try to educate employers from the get-go so that they never enter into the PPO system. So right away, they grab their Everyone Health card, their Sano card, or maybe their HMA Next Impact card. I don't know which card they have, but the number on it, they're greeted by somebody that looks like me and says, Hi, Mr. Morales, how are you? I know this really sucks, but here's how the process works, right? And so they'll set you up with an orthopedic surgeon in Tampa. Uh, you, you know, I don't know if you use Tampa on purpose because it's like one of my favorite cities in the world because I'm a cigar guy. So like, yes, Ybor City, no problem. I'm, I'm happy to roll over there. Um, but the point is like, that's the process. It's super simple and easy. Right. And I think the biggest part of it is that these care guides check in with patients. Hey, you had your new patient appointment. How did it go? What did the doctor say? Okay, let's make sure that you have your next appointment. Did you already make it? Yes, I did. No, I didn't. Right. There's different workflows for that. But I think what happens is when you talk to any of our nurses and our care guides, that they show massive amounts of empathy. Right. Like they understand it and they've been there. So, so uh, I'm trying to, again, you, uh, and I love yep. the way. Hey, it depends on how you entered your journey, right? Yeah. So I enter my journey, right? Um, I, I try to think about this. How did I pick my surgeon? Well, I asked one of my buddies who had knee surgery, who he went through, like he's a qualified, you know, referral right. source. That. Um, I had nobody to talk to. Uh, it's funny you said 5,800. I was on a $6,000 deductible plan. Uh, yep. But my doc told me I was going to the the hospital. So in your scenario, you're saying, well, wait a second. I would have had a care navigator. Um, That's right. To be able to talk to from, you know, either the beginning from anything. Yeah. I mean, like I'm going to yep. have somebody there. So so fundamentally right there, that is completely different than how an employer sponsored plan today typically works, which is there's an insurance company who really doesn't have any navigators to help them yep. access the best quality. So, okay, I talk to that navigator. She or he presents me choices that are cheaper than the one I have. Now, walk me through this. Are you sending me to the cockroach motel here and giving me a yes? A, a bottle exactly. Of, a, a bottle no, I think one of this is why this is why we don't have uh, call times right? A lot of call centers have call times. Look, you have to explain these things. So a lot of patients, because we all grew up in America, think, well, I didn't, but you know, most, most patients did. 
they think, well, goodness, I have to go to the hospital because I've seen commercials my whole life and that's what I have to do. And so what we try to explain is, well, there's such thing as surgical hospitals. There's a really great one in Phoenix. Um, there's such a thing as um, ambulatory surgery centers, right? Founded in Arizona and then went all over the nation. And what these places do is their quality is significantly higher than the hospital that you're choosing. And so we know that because it's all public information. Like we can look at readmission rates. We can look at infection rates. We can look at basically surgical site infection rates, fall rates, all these wonderful categories that we have. And we can go, well, there's no reason to go to Baylor Scott White in Dallas when I can go to a surgical hospital in Plano, right? 20 minutes north of the city and they have 10 ORs and I can stay overnight and it's a third of the price. And the way, the thing that really freaks people out, and this is a very common misnomer in our business, probably the most common is that there's a correlation between higher price and higher quality. And that's indeed where it's completely false. What we say is the hospitals are really expensive and they're where sick people go. And that's why they're expensive because they treat sick people. But people that are well, that need an ACL repaired, a shoulder repaired, uh, uh, a pain injection, a colonoscopy, they don't need to go to the hospital. They need to go where there's really not any sick people at all, where there's no infections and there's no problems and there's no issues. And where surgeons and licensed and trained physicians do whatever you're asking them to do day in and day out. Right? Physicians ask to be in our network and we're like, well, that's great, but you have to meet these criteria. If, if you do uh, a hysterectomy and you do three a month on an open basis, you're not welcome into our network. It's not because you're a bad surgeon or a bad person, but we want someone that does 20 and does them on a closed basis regularly, right? These are the kinds of basic things that your people who are on the phone have to sit down with a patient because I don't care what anybody says, when it comes to cutting someone, everybody's nervous. So, so there, there's a, a, a lot of great things to unpack here uh, with, with, with first starting with that whole notion. If nothing else, COVID should teach us, you know, place of service, like going service. into the hospital is a big decision making when, yes. in fact, I am well and I don't need to go there. So that's, a, that's an interesting point. So these ASCs, these, these you know, surgery centers, uh, ambulatory surgery, orthopedic surgery, I mean, there's all these different types of the percentage of healthcare that is out there. So let's just take 100%. What percentage, what sub-segment can actually be you know, uh, arranged in a setting like this? Are we talking about only 10%? Are we talking about a majority of things that people do can actually happen yeah. in this setting? The majority of things people do can happen in this setting. So let, let's just agree that there's about 100 million procedures and surgeries a year, okay. right? So there's, there's 15 billion lab tests a year, 15 billion with a B. There's about 17 and a half to 18 billion medical treatments that are rendered in total, right? There's about a 1.4, 1.5 billion uh, physician visits, right? So now we're at 16 and a half. I mean, so there's not much, the, the point being like, Emergencies are two and a half percent of total utilization. And then cases that have to go to the hospital are very small. Like if we could teach most of America how to avoid a hospital, 
when it's unnecessary, right? Doctors decide all this stuff. So what happens is if you tell your doc, hey, I'd, I'd be more comfortable in an ASC or a surgical hospital. Remember, a surgical hospital is the same as a regular hospital. They just do specialty only, right? They eliminate chronic diseases, viral, like viruses. They eliminate all that. And they go, okay, we just do orthopedics and spine. And we have 15 ORs, right? And so all of a sudden you're in a safer place. If we could just teach America how to do that, uh, we'd go from commercial insurance to go from $2.1 billion spent to probably less than a billion. It would be insane. So, so most of healthcare, so I, I want to give our, our, yeah. our audience as much value as possible. So whether you're an advisor, whether you're an employer, whether you're an individual consumer of healthcare, because we all are, a yeah. majority, and according to what you just said, a vast majority outside of chronic cases that need to go to the hospital and emergency care that maybe it's, it's that way. So, you know, 80, 90% of proactive, I scheduled an appointment to do something can go in one of these settings. And that is correct. You, you said the data dictates that they are actually higher quality. Yes. So if I understand this, cheaper in cost, safer in all sense of the word safe, and yes. better quality. I have to ask the question, Dutch, then I don't understand. Why isn't every insurance company using this same approach if it's safer for the patient, cheaper for the patient, and cheaper for the insurance, and just better all the way around? Well, because you and I both know that cheaper isn't what insurance companies are about. I mean, insurance companies could absolutely lower the price of all care. They could actually negotiate prices, but they're not going to do that. Why would, why would any company want to take their premium income that they receive today and cut it in half? Why would so, anybody do that? No, uh, uh, so really interesting, because my next question was going to be, okay, if that's the case, then let's flip that question around and say, if you just told me that your surgeon that's doing my knee now in the orthopedic sur uh, surgery center that you sent me to is the highest quality, why would that surgeon want to cut his price or her price in half? Well, because there's another misnomer, right? Like, and this is really important for the audience to get. The surgeon is not cutting their price. In fact, they're getting more than they would at the hospital because what you're doing is you're flipping it. So your facility fee is 75 to 80%. So let's just say that an orthopedic procedure is 100K because that makes it easy for the math. 85 to 90% of that number goes to the hospital. When you eliminate that and it goes to zero, right, in a physician-owned setting, the facility fee is now all of a sudden 10 to 12% of the total price. And the fee for the physician called the professional fee goes up. So what we see with total joints, even total joints being sold at $15,000, $16,000, right, which is a crazy, wonderful number that we see across the country in physician-owned facilities, the surgeons are still making $4,500, right? And they don't make $4,500 in any hospital on any Medicare or any commercial plan at all. Okay. This, this so is, what this I'm is. saying to you is, Surgeons make more, it's higher quality, and it's way better. And the reason insurance companies don't do it is because insurance companies have no incentive to make anything less. They have every incentive to make the price go up. That's why people like us exist, because we're helping people understand 
you've been fooled for too long. And, and what's funny about this is, you know, my degree is in risk management insurance. This is all I've ever done. And when I was 30 years old, until I got introduced to this, you know, alternative side the world, of, yeah, building healthcare, <laughs> I working at the third largest insurance consulting firm in the world on a health insurance plan constructed by my organization had a $6,000 deductible nobody to guide me through. I paid $6,000. The plan still paid over $40,000. And I went to a place that was not as good quality and the surgeon was not as good. So like all the way around for what you said in the beginning of this call, 99% of healthcare that is being constructed is being constructed wrong. That is correct. hundred percent. I mean, look, Medicare, and I, I hate Medicare, Medicare doesn't, like it reimburses private practice physicians, ambulatory surgery centers, and surgical hospitals 40 to 60% less than the hospital that's in the same zip code or town. Why? Because Medicare only wants to do business with large health systems, because that's the way it's constructed. No, I... I Look, I think sometimes I sound like a conspiracy theorist, except it's been true since 2008 when I got into like when I got into like you had your moment. That's when I got into the business of this side from 1997 to 2008. I was just building surgery centers, working for companies that developed them, you know, doing my piece of the puzzle and extracting as much. And I was always like, how is it so easy to get so much money? We used to have one hundred thousand dollar Fridays and it was like a big competition who could get one hundred thousand dollar Friday. Of course, I won a lot. I was living in New York City. I needed to have $100,000 Fridays. But, I, but you know, when you, when, you, when you convert, when you have the light bulb moment that you had, which is, this is not insurance. Employers and employees pay cash for these things. When you have that realization, your life changes. And it's what pisses me off the most. And it's what made me cry the most. And I was like, I'm never going to do that again. Because so, it's not an insurance company on the other side. It's you and me. What, what, I, what I love about this conversation, uh, again, I, I think, and, and, I, and I have this conversation a lot with employers and advisors. I mean, you know, the definition of insanity, right, is, right. and we look at this, and for years and years and years and years, we've got double-digit rate increases. Health care is not health insurance, but That's we right. talk about it in the same exact light. And me as a consumer of health care, like I've got two parents that have passed away from cancer. They accessed a lot of health care, but there was never anybody there to be, you know, a Sherpa, uh, you know, having the quality information to understand right. this. And you start looking at it. We filed bankruptcy because of it. In this model, there is not only somebody there to hold somebody's hand, walk them through the journey, but at the end of the day, everybody seeks higher quality healthcare for a lower cost. It's unbelievable. So I want to personify this for our audience. Give me, give me two examples. Give me, you know, uh, uh, a bigger type of surgery, and then give me kind of something that's, you know, every day, you know, you said a colonoscopy, give me like some examples. I want to hear it from everybody's perspective. And if you have- oh, Dude, super uh, simple, S yeah. super easy, right? Like, 
We see hundreds of cases a day. Like this is not, this is pretty easy. Uh, I was I was shining on about a fifteen thousand two hundred and forty dollar total joint. It's done at uh, Oklahoma Surgical Hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and everybody goes, "Oh, it's Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a crappy state." Blah blah. Okay, I agree. Right? Like, okay, fine. But here's the deal: uh, this surgical hospital is ranked top ten by Becker's, top ten by U.S. News and World Report. And they do total joints for half of what other free market guys do them for. So hospitals are still like Banner in Arizona, right? Where you and I have business. Uh, Honor Health still getting forty-two dollars to $47,000 from commercial payers. I'm now telling Arizona employers like, you can fly people here for 15. And you could stay in a world-class hotel because it's a small city for 200 a night, like super great, the best. And you'll be here for a week and you go home. Now we were bringing a ton of people to Phoenix, right? And people that lived in Phoenix and we were paying 22. I think 22 is a marvelous price. But the point is like, you were paying 80, 90. We had customers that were like overpaying over a hundred, particularly labor unions. And I'm like, look, you've got to get on this bandwagon. Like, we're now flying people like you and employers' representatives to these surgical hospitals, introducing them to the doctors and saying, see, I told you I wasn't full of, you know, like, just because I talk a lot and say a lot doesn't mean I'm full of it. Like, you can meet the doctors yourself, right? And so once that connection happens, they go crazy. Now, the thing about colonoscopies that I see every day is, Look, it's this whole scam of, well, we got a screening and we got a diagnostic, right? So there's the, so a general screening colonoscopy, all inclusive for commercial insurance is about $2,300. And a diagnostic is somewhere north of five. Okay. So in 47 states and 300 plus markets, we sell this for $1,145, no matter if it's screening or diagnostic. So it's like super simple. And then we have other programs that are even better than colonoscopies to help people screen. During the pandemic, we had lots of screening issues where now we're seeing people with stage three and stage four cancer because stupid governors don't know what the definition of essential procedures were. And they categorized, they categorized screenings, think 50 million mammograms a year. They categorized colonoscopy screening, right? There's about 20 million of those a year. So 70 million procedures that help us identify cancer patients. And you had governors and other politicians who have no idea what they're talking about go, yeah, we're just going to cut this off for the country. And now employers are facing the wrath of that. And what we're doing is we're saying, listen, here's how to do it faster, better, cheaper. Like, let's get people screened quicker. Let's get people faster. You don't need to pay $2,800. You don't need to pay $5,000. Pay us $1,145. Let's get it done. Let's get people through. And let's make sure people aren't sick. So, so Dutch, we, 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 we've set a couple of locations. If, if I'm an employer uh, and I am thinking, you know, oh, there's only a handful of these locations that are getting... Is this something that's widely available in, in every state, every city? I mean, talk to me about the, the scale of this type of, of, of access. I think the answer is yes and no, 
right? So if you talk about like, there's the five most expensive states in the country, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Massachusetts, New Mexico. Those are the five just most expensive states in an expensive country for healthcare. Well, like Indiana, we're taking it by storm. Michigan's really tough. And so we're taking people out of Detroit and bringing them to Indiana. I mean, so it's what crazy. Is that, what is that drive? Let's let's play with that. What's that drive from, from Detroit to Indiana? That's nothing. Two hours. Okay. It's, so it's, what, what, it's funny because if somebody hears this, they're like, oh, you know, somebody can go down, you know, five minutes away. And then I always think yeah. about this. I'm like, if, if they were a huge Indiana Pacers fan, would they yeah. drive to go watch a basketball game, let alone yeah. for a procedure that could save thousands of dollars? Yeah. And quite honestly, at a higher quality facility. So e- even if yeah. it's not in those, you mentioned some, some expensive and some difficult states. I mean, for the most part, we're talking about a, a within a reasonable 90-minute, two-hour drive. Yeah. There's going to be so, access. So the way we do it is all low-acuity items. So think physician consults, PT, radiology, which is mammograms, PET scans, x-rays, CTs, MRIs, um, and lab tests. We have that in over 300 cities and 47 states. It's available locally and you can just consume it and use it pretty much wherever you are, right? Um, But when it gets to certain procedures, there are certain places around the country that just do it better. Like if you live in North Carolina, right? Let's say you live on the East Coast of North Carolina and you need a total joint. Well, you can get a really expensive one in Charlotte or in in the Golden Triangle there in Durham and Raleigh. Or you could take a nice trip down to Naples and go see a bunch of surgeons that do four and 500 of these a month. It takes them 39 minutes to do a total joint and they absolutely kill it. Or you can fly up to Long Island and get the same kind of treatment. So the question is, as a health plan, right, is like, do you incentivize your people to go to really expensive places like Atrium UNC Health? Or do you say, hey, listen, for this type of procedure, Right, you cruise down to Naples and hang out for seven days at the Ritz. And by the way, that's a third of the price with flights, with everything, than it is at home. And everybody tells me healthcare is local. And I agree that your primary care doctor should be local, radiology is local, all those kind of things are local. But when it comes to surgeries, remember, there's only 100 million of them a year, right? Like it's not that big a number. By the way, that includes injections, right? So that's a that that there's really about 50 million actual like where they cut you with a scalpel. So if when it comes to that, there's certain places that do it really well. Why wouldn't you incentivize your population to go? Uh, you know, again, as somebody who has consumed healthcare myself, somebody who has been in a family, if you're talking about a a you know a reasonable scenario for that much cost savings, I mean, we're not talking about a couple bucks. Anytime someone's going to have a surgery, they're typically going to hit their out of pocket max. Yeah, which that's right. Nowadays is going to be four, five, six, eight, ten thousand dollars. And if the average salary is fifty thousand dollars across the country, we're talking about impacting ten percent potentially of somebody's yep. take home pay. That's right. It's ridiculous. I mean, we're talking th- about this is why we do it, though. Like, this is why we do it because it's awesome to be able to sleep at night because you're helping people. I, I, I 100% agree. So, 
if if you had to, and, and I want to close up with this kind of the the if you had to talk to somebody, right? Somebody's listening to this. They're an employer. They're an advisor. Maybe if you have different opinion or different um, advice to each of them, what's the employer? If you're sitting in front of an employer right now and they're talking about, oh my gosh, we got another fifteen percent rate increase. What do you tell that employer? I just talk to the. I just tell them our story. Like, how do you eliminate copays, deductibles, and coinsurance? And how do you go from a mutual fund style, right, where someone's controlling everything for you, to a managed style where actually someone's impacting the work by doing the work? Like, look, you're not going to be able to control your health spend by letting someone else do it. The world of it's somebody else's responsibility. I remember a guy once did this to me. He's like, Dutch, I let other people handle it. You know, I just let. And I was like dude, I really like you. But when it comes to this topic, you're completely inept. Like you need to take charge, take control, do it yourself. It's like, you know, when uh, a mama bear loses her husband and she's got three kids and all of a sudden she's working three jobs, staying up all night. And people are like, how does that person do that? Well, because she has to. And employers need to get a stick in their rear ends and go, we have to do this. These companies are extracting money from us unfairly, and we have to take control. You know, and everything we talked about, it is a better benefit for your number one asset. Yeah. It's higher quality. It's lower cost. It's saving yeah. you significant dollars. And the reality of it is, if we continue to do what we've done, we're going to get the same results. It's the definition it. of insanity. Yes. And most of the pushback I get is from HR is, well, it's going to upset some of our folks, right? And then they're having trouble hiring, so they don't want to upset anybody. And then from the CFOs, you know, they worry like, well, is it real? Are you lying? Blah, blah, blah. I think, look, we're 10 years deep into this process. Even if you thought about, if you were a liar, like you'd have been out of business two years, you know, two years in, it's now 10 years deep, like direct contracting, bundles. Uh, it's not going away. It's only going to help more patients. And I think more people over the next couple of years, like I think we're going to see finally kind of the pendulum swing our way. I think the work you're doing is amazing. I think your brokers who reach out to me, you know, I, I hype up on them because they're doing really good work. I'm like, look, you're managing the spend for an employer and they can't do it without you. Go and be their resource and help them. Awesome. Awesome. So Dutch, if somebody wanted to learn more about your company, about you, about this subject, where can somebody follow you, consume your content? Uh, how, oh. how can they follow you? Well, you know, I mean, every anybody can email me at Dutch at Everyone Health or, uh, you know, find me on LinkedIn. I mean, how, how many people have a name like Rojas and Dutch? So like, it's not that hard. <laughs> Rojas, by the way, for you is spelled R-O-J-A-S. I get a lot. I get people that are like, I looked up R-O-H-A-S. And I was like, well, yeah, that's not, that's, never mind. It's, it's the you Latino. Know. It's the Latino. The, yeah, the, J, that's the right. The J's and the H's are, are different sounds. So, are different. Uh, Dutch, yeah. thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, I, I, Thanks I for love, having me. I love the passion. Uh, I love what it is you're doing. I've experienced it my firsthand. I look at me and my journey through actually accessing healthcare and say, my gosh, if I only would have known about this before, that's $6,000. That's a better surgery. Yep. It, it's unbelievable. So 
Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thanks so much. And for our audience, thanks for joining in again of another episode of Impact Healthcare. If you want to check out more, please visit us at www.impacthealthcare.fm. And if you want to be part of our text community, uh, 813-537-6992. And we will text out every single episode that we get so you can hear other folks that have a fire in their belly like Mr. Rojas does. And Dutch, thank you so much, man. We'll see you guys. Okay. Uh, we're recording this right before Thanksgiving. So I hope everybody consumes a lot of turkey and has a great time with their family. And Dutch, thanks for uh, helping us impact healthcare, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. You've been listening to Impact Healthcare people and strategies that are disrupting the health benefits industry with Lester Morales. Remember, the journey to getting 20% savings on your health care benefits starts with total transparency. Visit impacthealthcare.fm backslash journey to access leading industry case studies, compelling member stories, and to check out all of our podcast episodes. That's impacthealthcare.fm backslash journey. Remember to subscribe to the Impact Healthcare podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.